necessary to get started. So uh, let's uh, let's do that. And uh, and um, let's see, Bobby will go through the housekeeping rules first. Okay. So just as a reminder, the meeting is being broadcast and recorded on the City of Lawrence YouTube channel. The public chat function has been disabled and all chats will go directly to me. When you are not participating in the meeting, please mute your microphone. When you are participating in the meeting, please keep your video on. When you're not participating in the meeting, please turn your video off. You will still be able to hear the meeting and you can turn your video back on when you are participating. Turning the video off when you are not participating allows the active me meeting participants to be seen on the screen. If you have any trouble, please send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute microphones and or turn off people's video to minimize distractions. Please remember to state your name every time you speak for the benefit of those listening remotely. Chair Nalbandian, if a motion is made and seconded, please call on task force members individually to provide their vote. Then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. When the chair calls for public comment on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish, wish to speak. The raise hand function may appear in different places on your Zoom menu depending on the device you are using and which version of Zoom you have. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute and state your name. Comments will be limited to three minutes. When the chair calls for in-person public comment, individuals should raise their hand to indicate they wish to speak. Staff present will direct you to the podium to speak following social distancing and safety protocols. Please state your name before speaking. Comments will be limited to three minutes. Okay, thank you, Bobby. Mm -hmm. So the uh, meeting is a call to order. So first, um, first uh, order of business is to approve the minutes from the last meeting. So um, if there are no objections, will somebody uh, make a motion to approve the minutes? Uh, this is Sammy Turner. I move that we approve the minutes from last meeting. A second. I this second. is Rachel Reed. I second. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. So um, Sammy Turner has uh, moved, and uh, Rachel Reed has seconded a motion to approve uh, the minutes. Um, do we need a roll call vote on this, Bobby? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> Bird, uh, you want to start? You got to unmute yourself. Hi. Oh, you got to say your name too. Oh, Burdette Loomis, yes. Would you like for me to call roll? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Yes. We got Burdette. Hugh's not here. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson's not here. Ursula is running late. Sammy Turner? Yes. Okay. 
That is all. Okay, so the motion to approve the minutes is passed. Uh, so let's go on to agenda items. First agenda item is the discussion on roles and responsibilities of the four-year directly elected elected mayor. Um, as we have uh, learned, uh, seventy percent of council manager cities have directly elected mayors, uh, four-year terms, very common. And so um, we'll just be joining the joining the crowd on this one. But let's see what kind of roles and responsibilities that we want. So uh, what we'll do is uh, Bobby is going to um, going to help us here, and uh, she'll um, read each item and then uh, poll each person, record the results, and uh, we'll see we'll see um, we'll see how it turns out. So Bobby, you want to start us off? Just one one comment question before we start. So the we are talking about a mayor who is directly elected, but is a member of the commission. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. 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 I'm going to share my screen on this spreadsheet. We created and I'll record the votes on that. Can everybody see it? Yes, I can. Okay. So the first question is presides over meetings of the governing body. So I'll just call roll and you can answer yes or no or undecided. So John Nalbandian. Yes. Sorry, I'm doing, okay. Jim Carpenter. Yes. Eileen. Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear. Yes. Rachel Reed. Yes. Burdette Loomis. You're muted. You're muted. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hugh Carter sent me his because he was going to be gone, and he said yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. And then John Wilson, I have his as well. He said yes. I have Ursula's as well. She indicated yes. It's Sammy Turner. Yes. The second question, staff consults the mayor as it develops meeting agendas. John, now Bandian? Yes. Yes. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Yes. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter indicated yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson indicated yes. 
Ursula Minor indicated yes. Sammy Turner. Yes. All right, the next question, initial point of contact for staff and governing body matters. John Nalbandian? Uh, yes. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Undecided. Dustin Stumbling Bear? No. Rachel Reed? Yes. Burdette Loomis? Undecided. Hugh Carter was yes. Bonnie Johnson? Undecided. John Wilson is yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner? Yes. Facilitates governing body in creating a shared vision. John Albandian? Yes. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Yes. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter? Was. Yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson was yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner? Yes. Facilitates governing body and strategic planning. John Albandian? Yes. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? No. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter is yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson is yes. Ursula Minor is undecided. Sammy Turner? Yes. Oops. Provides annual state of the city address, i.e. where we were, where we are, where we are headed. John Nalbandian? Yes. Jim Carpenter? Yes. Eileen Horn? Yes. Oops. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Yes. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter is yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson is yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner? Yes. Represents city in ceremonial role or invites an alternate within the commission. John Albandian. Yes. Jim Carpenter. Yes. 
Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Undecided. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter? Was. Yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. <coughs> John Wilson was yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner? Yes. Represents city or recommends to the commission an alternate governing body member in regional or inter-jurisdictional meetings groups. John Nalbandian. Yes. Jim Carpenter. Undecided. Eileen Horn. Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear. Yes. Rachel Reed. Undecided. Burdette Loomis. Yes. Hugh Carter is yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson is yes. Ursula is yes. Sammy Turner? Yes. After consultation with governing body members, appoints governing body members to subcommittees or task forces. John Albanian. Yes. Jim Carpenter. Yes. Eileen Horn. Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear. Yes. Rachel Reed. Yes. Burdette Loomis. Yes. Hugh Carter is yes. Bonnie Johnson. Yes. John Wilson is yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner. Yes. After consultation and commission approval, appoints residents to advisory boards. John Nalbandian? Yes. Jim Carpenter? No. Eileen Horn? Yes. Dustin Stumbling Bear? Yes. Rachel Reed? Yes. Burdette Loomis? Yes. Hugh Carter is yes. Bonnie Johnson? Yes. John Wilson is yes. Ursula Minor is yes. Sammy Turner. Yes. Okay, on this next one, there's three choices. I'll read off the three choices and you can let me know one, two, or three. And I'll record them as one, two, or three. Directly elected mayor voting responsibilities in commission business, votes as a member of the governing body, only votes in case of a tie or undecided. John Nalbandian. Only votes in case of a tie. Okay. Jim Carpenter. 
One. Eileen Horn. One. Dustin Stumbling Bear. One. Rachel Reed. Two. Burdette Loomis. Three. Hugh Carter was a two. Bonnie Johnson. One. John Wilson was a two. Ursula Minor was a one. Oh, I don't know what I just did. <laughs> control home. Thank you. Uh, control. Oh, there we go. Thank you. I was doing so well. <laughs> okay. And you learned how to correct it. Well done. <laughs> okay, Ursula was a one. Sammy? Three. I think I'll go up here. Okay. That is all of the questions. I'm going to see this. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bobby. So, um, except for the last question, uh, correct me if I am wrong, but it looks like there's uh, either unanimity or clear consensus on um, on all the items except the directly elected mayor voting uh, responsibilities. I've um, done, John, I, I, I would say that uh, given the fact that there are three undecideds and, a, and one no on point of contact, I think that 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 I think that's certainly you know has some uh, should be discussed has some there's okay. some contention there. Okay, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll uh, we also have to talk about the directly elected mayor voting responsibilities. Are there any other items that uh, that people want to talk about? I think uh, this is Jim Carpenter. I I think it would be helpful um, to actually hear why people were undecided or said no on each one of the ones that we don't have all yeses on, because I I don't know. I have one that I'm not sure if I'm on the same page as everybody else. So I'd like to hear a little bit about it. And some of the others, I um, think there might be some ideas that others haven't thought about. <laughs> okay, then, um, then who wants to, um, those of you who are undecided or said no on initial point of contact for staff, um, actually, why don't we hear from Craig first on this one? Um, Craig, what um, the way I'm thinking about that is that um, it actually would make it easier for staff if they knew that on matters that affected the governing body as a whole, that their point of contact would be the mayor. I'm assuming that if there are individual questions that uh, staff has of, uh, I mean, individual council members, that this would not eliminate that um, 
uh, that uh, possibility. But uh, would you weigh in on this, Craig? Sure, uh, City Manager Craig Owens. I, I, I would say that that would be. I think that's quite a an important power that would be bestowed on them, uh, on that person. Um, I mean, I'll just I'll just say it very plainly. I I, I think it's important as a city manager. I very much appreciate having relationship with all of the governing body members and that um, while it is more burdensome, um, I think it's really important that um, I have access, that there isn't any um, screening, there isn't any translation. Um, that's basically the main job of the city manager. I would further say that while some of my colleagues, especially traditionally, um, really, and, and there are some charters that are very clear saying that all matters will come through the city manager um, from any governing body member. Um, I think there are many of us who are not quite as entrenched in that and expect and um, encourage um, relationships between say department directors and governing body members um, on various issues. Um, so I, I would just, if we're documenting this and kind of the language that's used here, I would be, I would be very um, wary of anything that reduces my ability to have a relationship with all of the people that I'm serving. I, I would say that also for the agenda, but you are all completely in agreement on the agenda, so. Okay, other other thoughts on this? Eileen. Hi, Eileen Horn. Um, Craig, I just had a clarification question. So the way it the way it currently functions is that um, where you and department heads can talk to any member of the commission um, as needed, or are you, since I didn't get a chance to work with you and for you, how does it work now? Maybe if you can tell everybody, that would help us. Yeah, city manager Craig Owens, I, uh, Right now, and in, again, it, my career, during my career, I've gotten a lot more uh, comfortable with um, having help in the space, uh, the gap, some would call it, uh, <laughs> of where uh, the elected officials are. And as the complexity of running the operation, sometimes I just need the help. And especially if you would get, I've served as many as 15 elected officials in one city you can imagine that that would be difficult for me to maybe field all of those. So right now, as it is, um, there are many questions that um, I ask uh, department directors to address with the elected officials and vice versa. And uh, in general, um, when an elected official right now wants to have that interaction, they generally talk to me, not always, but generally do. And I do ask that the department directors um, or any staff member, keep me apprised of what kind of contacts there have been, just so I'm aware of what's going on. Uh, this is John Nalbandi, and I think what Craig is saying is actually uh, pretty common among city managers. Uh, wouldn't you say, Craig? I mean, the idea of, and uh, and I did not interpret this as limiting uh, you know, department head 
working with individuals. I mean, department head working with um, individual governing body members uh, or you, as a matter of fact. But if that's the way that this is being interpreted, then I'm going to change my vote. Because I want what Craig said is that's what I want to endorse. And let me let me just add to that as someone who comes at this not from an executive perspective, but from a legislative perspective, the idea that you could be an elected official and not have direct contact um, uh, seems at odds uh, with the practice uh, across uh, legislative bodies and uh, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, as long as it's within reason, and, and I, I'd associate myself with, with Craig's remarks 100%, that uh, I, I, I think that that respects the individual commissioners, uh, and, but, but all, and allows them that, that, those contacts. Um, and so uh, I just think that that, that, that uh, from the perspective of uh, the commissioners, uh, I, I think they would feel restricted uh, in, in that, uh, in, in the way that question, as I read it, and I read it differently from you, John, uh, was, was formulated. Uh, now, but I'm, I, I think Craig did a great job of, of talking about how this works on the ground. Bonnie. Yeah, I had I put undecided because I didn't know how to interpret that. And I I was leaning towards interpreting it as that um, everything had to funnel through the, the mayor. And I was was um, concerned about that. That just doesn't allow for a very nimble organization and doesn't allow for uh, like what Craig was saying of like a department head having to you know, contact a commissioner or to discuss something. And, and so I just wasn't sure how to interpret it. And if it is interpreted as that everything's funneling through the, the mayor, um, then, uh, then I would vote no. But if there is another alternative, uh, um, another way of thinking about it, then I'm open to hearing what that, that is. Thanks. Uh, this is John Nalbandian. Uh, as uh, you know, I work with a lot of city managers in a lot of cities, and um, I actually have never come across a city of our size, at least, where all communication was channeled through the mayor and the city manager. Uh, I didn't interpret this as 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 with that meaning but if that is the meaning then i would be strongly opposed to that idea i'm going to remind everybody that you need to state your names even though i call your names to speak i need you to state your names so rachel you were next yes i uh, this is rachel reed um i voted yes with the um, looking at it as, um, for example, Craig, the city manager, needs to talk to somebody on the commission. 
uh, he will notify the mayor. I'm talking with uh, uh, Courtney Shipley. He'll notify uh, Finkel D. I'm talking with Shipley about this so that Finkel D knows what's going on. That's how I interpreted it. I didn't interpret it as a you know a funnel or a oh what do you call it a gooseneck or something like that where everything has to go through the mayor to the members of the commission. But this is yeah. Yeah. if if everything if that's how it's interpreted that everything must go through the mayor as opposed to hey, I'm talking with so-and-so, uh, here's your info copy. Um, but if everything has to be funneled through the mayor, then I definitely want to change my vote also. Jim. You're muted, Jim. Sometimes it doesn't go off the first time you do it, Jim Parker. Um, <clears throat> I think I was undecided on this. So, and that, that's kind of the reason, you know, we, I don't think any of us, from what I'm hearing, are in favor of all communications going through the elected mayor to the commission from the city manager or the other way around. I think we want open access. So, you know, it all, it all comes down to the wording, because right now we have ambiguity here in interpretations of this simple phrase. So I, I guess we're going to have to flesh out just what it is that we're all have a consensus about and come up with some good language for that to substitute for these, you know, quick sentence here. And given what Craig said, now I'm undecided on the agenda too. Um, because Craig, as I understand it, there is an agenda meeting each week between the mayor and you. And I'm, is the, the vice mayor also included in that? City Manager Craig Owens. Uh, yeah, that's how we're currently doing it. Yeah, and I also, for the agendas, I. I don't want to keep um, individual commissioners from suggesting or presenting things on the agenda because it has to be funneled through the directly elected mayor. So I, both of these, which are intense interactions with the city manager, I think in my mind, we need to have language that opens them up to all commissioners can have that communication and what information is shared with the mayor or vice mayor, I assume would all come out at a final um, agenda meeting to decide what's going to be in the published agenda for, for that meeting. So it's a, it's a more complicated than just the, these easy sentences to me. This is, this is John Nabandian. Um, we're making it complicated because we're not familiar with practices that are common in council manager government. It's very common for a council member 
to propose something for the agenda. I mean, that that would that would I, I mean, you know, you'd you'd if I wanted something on the agenda and I was a council member, I'd call the mayor, uh, I'd copy the city manager on it. And, um, you know, if it didn't get on the agenda, then when it came time uh, at the actual meeting, when we go to other items, I would bring that up. These things, they don't, um, I don't know. I mean, um, the formality of the language, I don't know. I mean, it's, the practices are, the practices are very common here. I mean, I, I don't know. John, Jim Carpenter again. And I would suggest that we look for a way to adapt our language to reflect what we understand as the common practices and forms. Because if we have simply initial point of contact for staff in governing bodies is, you know, the role of the mayor, that's really contrary to our current practice. So I'm just suggesting that we look at those just as you're saying, and come up with language that reflects what we have here that we value. <clears throat> okay, we can sure do that. Um, Sammy. So, I'm sorry. Sammy sat her hand up and then I think Eileen, do you still have your hand up? And then Dustin does as well. And this is Sammy Turner. Um, I just want to say I agree with a lot of the sentiments that um, people have said, especially um, Jim. I guess I would have just interpreted this as like, if there's an issue, the mayor is the first point of first point of contact, but not as like they are the gatekeeper for all information and all communication um, for anyone. So I wonder if we're looking at rephrasing this language, if we could say like, you know, specify that that um, you know, city manager can have direct relationship and communications with all members of the commission, um, but uh, first point of contact in most case scenarios is the mayor or something more eloquent than that. Okay. Eileen. For Eileen Horn, um, I just wanted to, I, I agree with um, the sentiments expressed and I just wanted to give an illustration. So when I was hired as sustainability director, it was a brand new position in the city and the county and had the county administrator and city manager at the time not encouraged me to go around and meet with all of the elected officials, I couldn't have been nearly as effective. I mean, we couldn't have done because you have to sit there and you have to hear what their passion is and, and understand how you can support that as a staff member. and. Um, and what levers you have as a staff member within local government. And so it, it um, I think it would do a disservice to staff at all levels um, to not have access to all the commissioners. And so I just wanted to provide that illustration. Dustin. Hi, Dustin Stumling there. So the reason I voted an outright no was the ambiguity and that all of us could have a different interpretation of it is something I foresaw. And uh, per any one individual can choose to use ambiguous, ambiguous wording to their advantage and possibly to the city's disadvantage. And as something I just kind of wanted to point out, Mr. Nabani, I'm not making an accusation against you. I just wanted to point something out. You talk about common practices, and that's a phrase being used around a lot by 
white people in America to describe policing, to describe housing practices, to describe housing prices, to describe employment practices. And it's always to the advantage of certain groups of people. So to me, I'm listening to that as a low income individual. And I'm just like, yeah, but who benefits from those common practices? And let's just be mindful of that in this particular situation that it me reading that says you want the community and you want the staff to only go through one person. And let's be mindful that at the state and national level, we want to be apolitical on our city commission. That's fine. But we exist as part of this world in which things are happening around us. And we have had unscrupulous individuals recently at the state and national level use ambiguous language to their advantage and to the nation's and state's disadvantage. So that was just common practice. And it's hurt a lot of people, including people of color. And I just would ask that we be mindful of that. Again, I'm gonna reiterate that point again and again. It might be common practices, but who's benefiting from those common practices? And I would just say that let's, it might seem like we're getting complicated, but as Mr. Carpenter said, this is who we are as a community. We, we care and we want to have access to our elected officials. We want our elected officials to be able to talk to anyone in the government that we come to them with an issue about who we're most comfortable with. And that might be one official, that might be Mayor or Ananda, that might be Commissioner Ananda, that might be Commissioner Larson, that might be Commissioner Bowley, whoever. But we should be able to feel comfortable knowing that we can come to those individuals those individuals and know they're going to be able to talk to anyone in the government on our behalf. And I felt like that wording really took that power away from the community, away from the elected officials and away from the staff. That's just my opinion. Um, for that Lewis, uh, I, I really take that very seriously. Uh, uh, Dustin, again, I'd come back to my view at, of the, of the commission as in part, at least a legislative body, and we're going to talk more about representation, but it is representing both the entire community and a different uh, elements, whatever, within the community. And you want those voices to be heard. And so uh, without directly addressing the common practices uh notion that that you that you that you bring up and, and I understand that uh, but I do I do think the more we consider the the commission as uh, uh, a body that represents uh, the, the community uh, at large and also parts of the community uh, and making sure that as a legislative body it can bring issues from the community, to the attention of the entire commission, to the mayor and to the city manager, that that's an extremely important part of, of what we are uh, about here. Uh, uh, this is uh, John Nelbandian. Um, how about uh, we, uh, we ask, uh, we see, if, is there a volunteer on the task force who would work with Craig to come up with um, a more uh, descriptive, um, uh, more of a description for the two items 
staff consults the mayor as it develops meeting agenda and initial point of contact for staff and governing body members. Would somebody work with Craig to try to develop some language with that? Uh, Jim? Jim Carper, yeah, John, I'd be happy to, to take a stab at that <clears throat> and possibly call in one or two other people to get their input before we bring it back to you. Especially, I'd like to hear from Dustin. We have some final and, you know, because we can, we can talk, up, talk to a couple of people as long as we don't daisy chain it, so. Okay, uh, this is John, now Bandian. So uh, unless I hear an objection, uh, Jim will work with Craig and they'll try to develop some, and they will develop some language that elaborates um, uh, and maybe is more, uh, more specific um, on uh, items two, where the staff consults the mayor, as it develops meeting agenda, and initial point of contact for staff and governing body members. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Let's um, let's see. Let's well, go. Can I can I jump this? This is Bonnie Johnson. I had my hand up. Um, I just want to jump in before we move off of this. I mean, I think what we're we're seeing is that we our experience has been with a council manager form of government that does not have a directly elected mayor. We don't have experience with a directly elected mayor and we're running into the limitations of our knowledge in this area. We, we just, we don't know. And so, um, so yeah, we, we need to collect some more information about um, how does a directly elected mayor uh, work in a council manager form of government um, so that we can understand what these things mean? Uh, this is John Nalbandian. That's what was in the document that I sent you some time ago, which was my informal survey of city managers asking them, what are the benefits of a directly elected mayor? Out of that out of that information and our subsequent discussion came came the list. That's how that list came about. So, okay, so um, let's see. I would like to move on now to the um, directly elected mayor voting responsibilities. Votes as a member of governing body, votes only in case of a tie undecided. So we need to talk about this because there's a John, lot there's a lot of difference. John, yeah. this is Bobby Walthall. We had a member of the public raise their hand. Do okay. you want to go ahead and take public comment on it now or? Uh, I, I'd like to wait until we get through this one. Okay. And then so we'll be able to okay. open, open it up. Okay. Uh, this one, this last one, um, what it it, it has all it has to do with the amount the focus we want to put on the mayor's role and the the power or influence that we want to give to the mayor if the mayor votes as a member of the governing body that clearly is a different sort of status than only votes in case of a tie 
only votes in case of a tie presumes that the mayor is facilitating the meeting and that's a primary responsibility and then will only you know vote now that doesn't mean that the mayor would not weigh in on issues as any other council member would but this to me has to do with how much focus do we want to put on the mayor's role okay other comments Um, I just wanted to, so I voted or I um, indicated that I was more comfortable with the mayor voting as a member of the governing body. And I had two reasons for that. One is, John, I really liked the language um, in one of your, somebody that responded to your inquiry that the mayor could be a, um, leading a team of equals. And I thought that, you know, ensuring that the mayor is voting and considering everything with the commission and, and required to vote with them kind of fosters that. My other thought was just a little more cynical and political, which is if they're never on the record voting, how do voters know where they stand? And it also kind of gives them this out to be like, I don't know what that crazy council or commission is doing. I wouldn't have done whatever. Like it gives them this this out where they're not truly like bought into the voting and decision making or like responsible to the voters that way. And so I thought in terms of fostering a team feeling and also just the the on the record need for voters was um, was really critical. Uh, let me talk. So I would, I was going to think. Uh, initially, I thought, well, I would really like to go to six commissioners, three elected every uh, two years, and that that's another question, of course. Uh, but I, but I think, and and so my thought was, if it's three every two years. And the mayor is the seventh commissioner. Uh, in a tie, uh, she or he could could vote to break that tie. But I I think Elaine's uh, uh, Elaine's uh, perspective here is um, uh, 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 convincing to me that you want uh, if he's going to be or she's going to be the focal point of the of of a city government and is a part of the commission that that person should be be on on the record uh on 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 various issues now i do think that the mayor as a as a, it with a, a committee chairman in congress would get to have the last vote and so uh the vote would go and if it's four three 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 the, the mayor's vote would would be uh, determinative, uh, but I I I hadn't really thought completely about that. I mean, and I, I and I I think that's I I think that's important, and I I, I so I, I think the mayor should should have a vote, um, whether it's a five person commission or 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 uh, 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 a six person plus a mayor commission. Sammy. Sammy Turner. Um, I originally was undecided because 
you know, I thought, you know, it kind of depended on if we had an even number of commissioners or how many we wanted. But I think um, the argument that Eileen made was very convincing about, um, you know, how we need to have them on the record and not just have the mayor and the commission be divided, but instead um, be working together. Uh, this is John Nalbandi, and I agree with what uh, Sammy and Burdette said, and I would change my vote. You want to try to you want to try to vote again on this one? <laughs> let's do that. Let's let's vote again and see, uh, and we'll see how convincing Eileen has has been. Pretty okay. good, I think. <laughs> this, this is... <laughs> okay. okay. Do you want Bob, me... Can, can you call the roll again on this question? Yes. Do you want me to share my screen again or just tab it without sharing? Um, why don't you share the screen? That way anybody is looking. Okay. Hold on here. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Too many things open. Okay, yeah, I just couldn't see it. Okay, so we're doing the directly elected voting, mayor voting? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the questions are let me get my sheet here. Directly elected mayor voting responsibilities. Votes as a member of the governing body, only votes in case of a tie or undecided. John Nalbandian. One. Jim Carpenter. One. Eileen Horn. One. Dustin Stumbling Bear. One. Rachel Reed. One. Burdette Loomis. One. We'll leave Hugh. Bonnie Johnson. One. Ursula Minor. Do you want to leave it at one? She must be muted. Yes, I'd like to leave it at one. Okay, thank you. Sammy Turner. One. Okay. This is John Nabandian. Um, I think that's more than a consensus. So uh, let's go. Let's go with that one. And um, and then uh, so votes as a member of the governing body. So then um, before we can actually adopt this, we need to review um, the second and third points with Craig and Jim. We'll work on and bring us something back for um, the next meeting. So now let's uh, invite uh, public comment. Okay, hold on here. Let me get my screens back. Okay, it was um, Christopher Dautry, Dautry, I'm sorry. sorry. If I, okay, sorry about that. You have three minutes. 
and you're muted right now. Christopher, there we are. There he is. Are we there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, I, I ducked into an alleyway. Yeah, I, I think it's a moot point now because we were talking about the mayor and his powers and such. I just, I, my point before you guys voted, it's kind of a moot point now, but couldn't the mayor be on record by voting and have it non-binding? That was my point that I was trying to make before you guys voted. So it's kind of a done deal now, but there is no reason that the mayor couldn't be on record, uh, not as a participating vote, but as a non-binding member so that we could understand what the mayor-elect uh, would have voted if he was, you know, a voting member. So that was my point, but it's, it's a done deal. So I apologize for wasting your time. No, no, no. Thank you. But th that, that was my point. I mean, there, there's certainly, I mean, you know, you can certainly have to voice your opinion um, in a binding way without a non-binding vote. Does that make any sense? Thank you very much. Okay. Who, who else uh, do we have here? I do not have anybody else. Uh, can I ask one question? Have you guys gone on to district elections yet or no? No. Okay. Well, I'll come back then, and I appreciate your time. I will sign off if I can actually well, uh, figure out how to operate this. No, why don't you, uh, if you have some thoughts on that, why don't you just tell them now? Because we're going to move into that uh, okay, well, right away. Okay, my thoughts about um, district elections is I've seen it um, in several cases whereby district elections really give representation to folks that uh, typically don't have them. And when you have an at-large uh, election, um, typically the money interests, um, they kind of, you know, they kind of win all the elections. And I'm not saying that it's anything malicious, but I am saying that uh, folks that don't have the economic means, it would be nice if you had district elections. So thereby you would have folks that would be able to call somebody and say, hey, this is happening in the neighborhood instead of calling downtown where no one's really they're not really, I don't say liable, but they're not really, um, you know, uh, joined to the hip at that community. And if you had a community member that was elected to that district, it would really, it would make it a little more fair for the distribution of funds and services. And I've seen district elections work really well. And it, it kind of lifts the whole town up because with district elections, you have a community that may be a little downtrodden and they get more funds and services from the city. And then other people from maybe more wealthier communities. Oh, look at this. They're, they have stores now and they've got transportation and the roads aren't so bad. And it really kind of lifts the whole community up. If you have rep representation at the district level, that's what I wanted to say. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, okay. I hope I can turn this off somehow. <laughs> We can turn it off. Okay, turn me off, turn me off. Um, okay, so um, let's go on to the discussion of district at-large elections. And we'll start, uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll ask Professor Loomis to summarize the, um, the memo that he wrote uh, for us as a way of getting started. You're muted, Bird. 
Uh, I, I'm going to do something a little different, but you've got the memo uh, that, that lays out a lot of my, my, my thoughts. Uh, and a lot of the literature is very ambiguous on this. And I, and I think in a town the size of Lawrence, uh, without large minority populations, without uh, with a, a spreading out in many ways of uh, uh, various uh, minority populations in one way or another, um, it's not clear to me that, that districts or at large will make that much difference. Uh, I came into this thinking it would make a, a larger difference than I thought. But let me just talk a little bit about representation. Um, and, and I mean, the, 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 the first thing, when we think about representation in, in a place like Lawrence, the question is, uh, do we wanna have single member districts, uh, individual districts, the way uh, uh, Mr. Doherty was just talking about, or do we want at-large uh, elections across, across the city? I know there's a couple of other hybrid models, but let's try to keep it simple right, right, right now. Uh, and do we have an elect mayor uh, or not? Because I think that's important as well in terms of whether we want, it, it's, a, it's a consideration. An elected mayor obviously is elected by everybody. Uh, and I, uh, so, uh, so those, those are the two things to start with, oh, single member districts, or do we have an at, at large? Uh, if we have single member districts, then each member has to think about their representational re responsibilities. Are they being elected and then they are, in political science we call it, are they a trustee? You give them their responsibility and they make decisions. They consult with the, their constituents, but you're, you're hiring them, you're electing them to use their judgment. Or are they delegates from that district? Again, much as Mr. Doherty, I think, was pointing out or arguing that they would reflect those constituents. Um, and, and that's a, a, within the le big legislatures, the US Congress, for example, the House or state legislatures, that's a real issue. That's a, it's a, an important issue of how people determine their, their styles. In reality, there's, a, there's always a, an atlas in, in single member districts, there's always a combination that members, uh, legislators uh, or commissioners would would go back to their district, but they're also thinking about the city uh, as a whole. You have to, I mean, that that's, it, it's almost impossible uh, not to, or to think about and use their judgment because certainly the, all their constituents can't know everything that a commissioner knows. Uh, so that's a single member district. If you have, at large represent uh, uh, an at large commission, um, then individual commissioners represent the entire city. Uh, now, that doesn't mean, and we've seen this. I, I know we all have sense of certain members of the commission may well either actually or be perceived to be representing some kind of faction some of the time. Uh, and I mean, I belonged, I'm been part of the Old West Lawrence Association for many, many, many years. Um, I'm sure there are sometimes we think, oh, say X or Y is more favorable to neighborhoods than 
another another commissioner. We might go to that person. So just because you're elected by the city doesn't mean that you might not have some constituencies within that city. Uh, but again, uh, I, I think I, I think that these are difficult to to uh, get at uh, empirically, specifically a, a lot of a lot of a lot of times. And I do think members of the city commission who are really perceived as representing one group or another uh, end up being less effective than those who represent the city as a whole. Now, as I noted in the memo, I, I really think members of the city commission, by and large, not everyone, have done a really good job of thinking of the city as a whole. You might not the first couple months you're in, but after a few months, you realize that the problems of facing uh, someone on the east side or the west side may well be problems that face the, the entire city. So uh, all, all I'm saying there is that uh, I, I think that even an at-large commissioner could represent particular interests. Um, there's another way to think about this, and that is, does the commission as a whole uh, roughly represent the community as a whole? Um, and again, we, could, we can talk about that, but this is something called collective representation. Uh, and, you know, I think there are people who think their voices aren't heard, and, and that is absolutely both possible and probable. Uh, but generally speaking, does the commission reflect the, the community as a whole? It's really hard to get at, um, particularly if you don't have broad polling data and stuff like stuff like uh, like that. But it is a way to think about it. Uh, the, are these five or six people on the commission, generally speaking, representing the um, community uh, as, as 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 a whole? Um, the mayor, an elected mayor, would represent. The entire community, uh, of, of 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 course, um, and and so uh, you know, I I think that uh, that how the mayor would work with district elect, elected officials or uh, or at large officials um, could make a big difference, particularly if the mayor was um, would facilitate things. Finally, there is something called descriptive representation. Um, and that's something that Dustin was getting, getting at uh, in his comments earlier. And, and the question is, are there, has the commission descriptively reflected the, the, the community as a, as a whole in terms of its racial, ethnic, uh, a comp composition. Um, gender is certainly a, a, an issue there as well. I'd say on gender between the county and the commission um, that over the last decade, gender representation has, has been more than adequate descriptively. Um, in terms of minority communities uh, of, of whatever, so whatever sort, um, one of the recognitions we have to have is that uh, Lawrence uh, 
has a relative in, in my, I don't have every number here, has relatively smaller uh, minority populations. So even if you go to districts, the likelihood is uh, that unless you go to, you know, had 20 districts or something, that you, you're, you're not going to get uh, easily a lot of minority representation in terms uh, of ethnicity or, or race. So if you look at the memo, my, my overall perspective here is that uh, we can have lots of discussions about this. Uh, but I don't think we can assume, uh, as Mr. Doherty did in his earlier presentation, that uh, districts will actually work the way he, uh, he uh, lays, lays, lays it out. Uh, indeed, I would think that if you look at the commission representation over the last 10 years, um, you would see not so much differentiation by, by race, um, but certainly in terms of economic status, um, I, I think that commissioners have been from a wide variety of economic uh, statuses. Um, and, and so I, I think we have to be careful about making assumptions about various uh, uh, implications of, of district versus at large. And the last one I would make is that uh, his argument was, it's kind of a straw man here, but uh, that economic interests uh, uh, dominate the city, the city commission. The people with money support people. And uh, I think there's very little empirical evidence that that's the case over the last 10 or 15 years uh, in Lawrence. And in fact, uh, it used to be that there was a lot of discussion about the Chamber of Commerce candidates versus the neighborhood candidates. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce candidates have basically pulled out of uh, commission elections for the most part right, right now. So uh, as we go into this discussion, um, I, I think we really have to be aware of making easy assumptions about one system versus, versus another, particularly as it applies Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, this is John Nalbandian. Thank you. Thank you, Bird. Um, I have a few comments uh, in addition to what uh, Bird said, but I want to lay out uh, like we have about 20 minutes and um, I'm just seeing that we're at a very beginning stage on this on this issue. I know that we don't have a lot of meetings left, but um, this you know, we're not going to be able to decide something right away on, on, on this issue. Um, while, and when we look at council manager government, while there is clear consensus about directly elected mayors, there seems to be clear consensus on four-year terms for council members as well as mayors. There is no consensus on at-large versus district or combinations. I looked at um, I looked at Olathe, Lenexa, Overland Park, Shawnee, and then I looked at University Towns, uh, Iowa City, Iowa, because that's one of my favorite cities, 
and also uh, looked at Manhattan. And it's impossible to generalize. Uh, the, I've also played with data a little bit. And as Bird said, uh, just econ uh, on demographic data, we are not very diverse. Uh, when it comes to the idea of trying to draw districts. I mean, drawing districts presumes that there's a contiguous area that has a common, a common interest. Well, if we had six council members all elected at large, that would be 17,000 people. So think about you know, when we think about the differences in this community, you know, I think about, well, East Lawrence has interests, North Lawrence has interests, oh, West Lawrence, there's West Lawrence. I don't, I don't have a clue how you draw the districts. That's not our job. So I think we have to look at this. Uh, let's have just sort of a general discussion at this point. But then what I want to end with today is... What information do we need that Craig and his staff might help us with to, to inform uh, where we wanna where we wanna head on this? So let's just have some general discussion here about how people are looking at this issue. Who wants to get us started? Sammy. Uh, this is Sammy Turner. Um, first, I really appreciate um, the memo that Burdett put out and um, all your comments and stuff on that. Um, one of the things that I guess I'm thinking about um, when looking at at-large versus district delegates is um, when we think about how many people, you know, like state house candidates represent, county commissioners or state senates represent, it's like state house represents, you know, about 25,000 people. County commissioners, I think about over 40,000. State Senate over 75,000, whereas at large Lawrence City Commissioners represent over 100,000 people. And constituent services already at the state house level is very difficult and there's a lot going on there. I think currently members of Lawrence don't have a direct point um, person to go to um, in the city council if they have an issue. There's no one you know that they know that they can go directly to. It's like all five of them. <laughs> represent every single one of them, which also makes it really hard for the council members to make direct relationships with such a vast variety of people. Um, so I think, you know, at least personally right now, and I'm really excited to hear about other people's, you know, interpretations of viewpoints on this, is I think my ideal situation would be we have maybe like, you know, four X amount of districts, and then maybe two or some other number of um, at-large um members, because I do think there is value in both types of representation. Um, but I definitely um, am feeling a lot more solid towards having at least some sort of district representation for that constituent service reason. Thank you. Jim and then Rachel. Uh, I want to join Sammy and say thank you to Burdett Loomis for the memo. I think it's a great place to start. And it just also pointed out to me that I would like more information. I'm not dead set one way or the other on whether we have districts all at large or a combination of both. I 
like the idea of thinking about districts and at large and the directly elected mayor. Um, would just point out that Kansas statute um, requires that if we do do districts, we have to have a minimum of four districts in the city. So as we start talking about numbers and whether we recommend expanding the number of commissioners, that if we decide districts, we have to have at least four of those and then figure out how to get to an odd number um, through the rest. I, I would like to see information if we could if it could be collected articles on that compare and contrast these methods, the three, you know, the hybrid, all at large, or all districts, um, and just what the experience of some, of some other communities have been with that. Uh, John's prevent, per, provided us in the agenda pack of 13 different topics that he provide some great thoughts, experiments for what would happen with some of these that are past decisions. What would have happened if we had had districts? What would happen for other things? I think if we had some more information that everybody could read and we went through some of those, I think it would help flesh out people's ideas and thoughts before we, as we start to develop our recommendations. Uh, but that would be after we have more information, I think. Uh, this is John Nalbandian. Uh, Jim, I think that is a great idea, but it doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. the problem. And the, the little information that we do have comparing districts to at large, the differences are minimal. So, so you know, I mean, we're not going to be able to get to get a bunch of literature that is that is uh, research based. It's more theoretical and anecdotal. Jim Carpenter, I, I know, John, I just kind of Googled uh, difference between district and at large city council elections today. And one thing that came up is California, every city's pretty much being forced to go to districts, but that's because of a more inclusive and restrictive uh, California Voting Rights Act. And, you know, I we aren't dealing with um, clusters of minority populations like they are, but I did find that some of those witty city websites, some, um, you know, frequently asked questions that kind of went through just somewhat whether the differences are because, yeah, we're, a lot of us are starting from scratch. You know, <laughs> what does a district mean? And oh. as John, as you said, you know, we won't be drawing districts. That would be the purview of the legislative body. So the city commission would do that eventually. But what we can do is if we decide to go that way is come up with some considerations what kinds of things we would like to be considered when deciding on how to draw lines for districts. So, you know, I'm just looking at, you know, what are some of the values of each? And I think that's where your 13 points really come into line. Some of those in my mind are definitely, those are citywide issues and some others have a disparate impact in certain parts of the city. 
um, which may or may not have an adequate voice on the city commission. So I think it would be worth going through that after we just had some basic definitions down, some thoughts and ideas to have a conversation around. I had Rachel and then Dustin. You're muted, Rachel. Okay. Um, it's unusual. I'm very usually very outspoken. Um, uh, this is Rachel Reed. Um, I'm more in favor of a hybrid um, model where we've got X number of districts that are defined. And then we have, and that ideally should be an even number. And then we have um, um, an even number of at-large uh, commissioners. Um, because I feel that, you know, you're in your neighborhood, you've got a commissioner who understands your neighborhood. And so you want to be able to talk to your commissioner who has a similar experience or a similar background rather than an at-large. And depending, the reason for that is it depending on who runs and depending on where they come from, what part of the city, you might have someone from East Lawrence, someone from South Lawrence, or maybe two or three people from East Lawrence, and no one from West Lawrence is represented. Um, so what the, the districts will do is it will bring the different parts of the city together, and then the two, you know, the X number of at-large will represent everyone. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see, uh, Dustin? Hi, Dustin Stumbling there. I think districts in this city are gonna be one of those things, like we all wanted it at first, but then when we got it, we hate it. And I think that's what districts will turn out to be for a lot of voters who think they want it. But going on with uh, Rachel was just, just coming on. Again, I ran for office, I knocked doors, eight hours a day six days a week for six months. I listen to people in East Lawrence talk about how the people in West Lawrence have all the influence on the city commission. I listen to people in South Lawrence talk about how people in North Lawrence have all the influence on the city commission. I listen to people in West Lawrence say that about <laughs> people in East Lawrence. I listen to people in North Lawrence talk about East Lawrence and West Lawrence having all the city commission influence. I think districts will have a kind of polarizing effect at first. People will think, oh, all right, we're going to get ours. And then when they'll realize, as we've already said, what people who are on the city commission, um, I believe it was Bert, who said, Bert Loomis who said it, after a few months, they realize, no, you got to take care of the whole city because everybody's taken care of. When we when individual parts get their piece, the whole city as it gets better. And I think there will be some polarization at first, but I also think it could serve in accessing people who are lower income. Again, you're saying that there aren't noticeable effects, but 
you brought up the point earlier, Mr. Nobandian, of a district of six districts would bring it down to 17,000 people. Yes, 17,000 people, but in reality, it's the voters you're trying to turn out. And that voter, it's about 25% of, of the actual population in Florence. So it's not 17,000 people you got to convince. It's now 4,500 you got to convince versus 16 to 18,000 people you got to convince. And that's where the money comes into play for those who can raise it versus those who cannot and getting your name out there through paper ads, the radio ads, however it may be. And so I could see it helping uh, lower income people be able to access as well as people who might rent and think they can't get that influence. They don't have the time to get out there and get that influence. So I can see a positive, but I see negatives. I'm kind of against districts, to be honest. I like the at-large model. You really get to know the whole city. You have to know everyone. You have to represent everyone. So that's kind of where I lean at. But I thought I'd share some other thoughts on it. Ursula has had her hand up. Um, Ursula Minor. I am leaning more towards districts. I agree with what Sammy was talking about, where, you know, you have a few commissioners and you have the large population in Lawrence and Lawrence is growing. Um, if they have a concern to get at the, that small amount of people, I don't know if their voice will be heard and really represented. I've heard a lot of comments about um, numbers, how many um, minorities are in Lawrence, where we're living, where minorities are spread out. You know, there's no clusters or anything like that. Um, I feel like if there was districts, no matter where anybody was spread out at, it would give more people a voice, um, no, you know, if they're living north, east, west, or wherever. But I believe a district would, a person would be more apt that probably was quiet or wasn't represented to talk to a district person versus trying to get a hold of a commissioner or something like that. But that's, I'm leaning more towards districts for that reason that I, I do believe that no matter where people are spread out at, that it'll just give more people a voice, whether they're minorities, low income, or whatever their situation may be. Anyone else, Bobby? No. Uh, any public comment on this? Well, Bonnie just put her hand up. Oh. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was fumbling with the switch here. This is Bonnie Johnson. Um, I I like the, the Ursula's comments uh, just now about the, you know, feeling comfortable about who you could talk to um, versus trying to contact everybody on a council that was elected at large. Um, I, in urban planning, we do a, an exercise often where we ask people to um, to map out their neighborhood or map out where there are edges to their neighborhoods that they don't cross. And those edges don't actually have to be anything like a wall or a highway. And you discover things, particularly about Lawrence, where there are people in West Lawrence that never go downtown, ever, ever. And then there are people that are like, oh my gosh, you don't go downtown? I'm always downtown. So there are these different experiences of Lawrence depending on where you live. And so it might not be uh, uh, an, an ethnic or race grouping. It 
is simply where you're comfortable living in Lawrence and you maybe don't get to North Lawrence ever or South Lawrence ever. And so there's, there's, it may be more of districts that are, that it's simply the location and where you have the most experience in that you're, you're comfortable with. And, and thus I like the idea of a mix of at large and district um, for that. So you get the big picture, but then you also get where people run from particular districts that then people know and know this is the person that's from my district that I can contact. Uh, this is John Nelbandian. Um, there was a city, I don't have it offhand, but there's a city in uh, Johnson County where uh, they have what Bonnie is, was talking about and what um, Ursula was talking about. They have um, two, I think they had two at large, and then they had four districts. And the districts, they clearly were not sort of deliberately drawn. It was just like four quadrants of the city. Like just draw a square and they just, um, and so that the representation, uh, it was just the idea of having someone you can contact um, in your area rather than saying, you know, this is a discrete minority population. How about, um, let's see, a bird. <laughs> How about uh, you and I, uh, maybe Bonnie, I don't know, uh, do some, um, a little searching of uh, some websites or literature and maybe just come up with some, some basics on what is a district, what is at large. Building off what Jim said earlier, I mean, I'd encourage, I'm happy to, 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 to work on that with you, but I'd, 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 I haven't seen those California cities, for example. Um, we certainly have to have um, very close to population equality. That is a, a fundamental uh, district requirement. Uh, beyond that, uh, I think as close to what John is saying, you know, contiguous districts, uh, that, uh, you know, no, in the, no particular gerrymandering. And I don't think people have a gerrymandering. I don't know how you gerrymander. I mean, I know what you do uh, here. Uh, to, 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 uh, but uh, I, I, I think that uh, I'd, I'd be happy to, to you know, to, to go a little further and put stuff together. But I go back to what John said. Uh, I, I, I went into this thinking there would be far more academic studies than there are, and there just aren't. Uh, and I also went in, I'm a big, I've always been a pretty big at-large advocate, and I've come out of this being very agnostic on uh, districts versus uh, at large, I would say, and this, I don't want to go too far here, but, but if we we're going to go to districts, I'd go to all districts. I think Sammy's point is, is very well taken. If you, if you want to go, if you want to get this kind of representation and say have six districts, then go to the smallest number of people that you can, so you can have that contact. A, so, so, but, but those are, uh, all, all things, I, I go back to, I'm agnostic 
And I think it's a great conversation to have uh, about about this. I would I would say though, if we have an elected mayor, we have the chief executive or the chief executive slash council member who does represent everybody. So that would be something to take into account. Okay, this is John Nalbandian. We're at seven o'clock and and I'd like to bring this to a halt. Uh, Maybe um, maybe, uh, everybody could volunteer for a homework assignment and uh, try to do a little bit of uh, searching, Google searching yourself uh, to uh, find out the basics about districts and at large at-large elections, and uh, and then we'll come back next week or our next meeting, and we'll continue this discussion. Uh, but we have to, at some point, come to uh, you know something tangible that we can we can actually vote can, on. So maybe a couple we, of alternatives. If if we do, I'm ha- I'm happy to do that. I think it's a good idea, but. I think that everyone coming back at the meeting with this would be less than optimum. I mean, if, if you maybe after a few days send, you know, if you've got some citations, send it to John, to Bobby, and oh. and, they can, and, and, and then, then, then we can sort of put them together. Uh, so we'll have an agenda to talk about rather than just uh, uh, just talking. Good idea. I mean, think, John Nalbandian, that's a really good idea. If any of you do come up with websites or other information, you know, send it to Bobby, and then uh, she can forward it to me, and uh, and 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 we'll try to put something together for next next uh, meeting as well. Real quick, look on YouTube. Oh, I, I have actually been watching little videos on YouTube about rank-based voting, all, and they have some wonderful videos on all of that. And they're just like, some of them are kind of cartoonish, but it's, they're, under, they're really plain and they're really understandable. So you might think about that if you're looking. Okay, that's uh, John Nalbandian. That's great. Thank you very much, uh, Ursula. I haven't talked about ranked choice voting because I think that the business of district at large is going to consume us, and um, and and uh, so anyway, so YouTube videos, Google, send me, send Bobby, what you come up with, and then we'll try to put something together, a packet together, for next time, and we'll we'll just continue this conversation until someone feels uh, willing to take the initiative. To uh, to make a motion. <laughs> okay. Is Jim Carpenter? When we send things to Bobby, could, and she forwards them to you, so you can kind of put them together. Could we also get all the raw material in a packet just sent out to us? And then if you go through and you can kind of yeah. come up with some questions or a way to address that, but I would appreciate seeing whatever anybody finds, uh, just so I can increase my breadth of knowledge. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put, John Nalbandia, we'll put it in a, you know, we'll put it in a packet. Yeah. Thanks. <clears throat> okay, can we have a, 
a motion. Any is there any other public comment? Chris still has his hand up. I don't know if he's still on the meeting or if he left. Still on the meeting. Okay. Okay. I just, uh, uh, may I speak? Uh, three minutes. Okay. I won't even take that long. Um, a couple comments. I was really um, excited to hear Mr. Burdett say that um, he was, uh, um, hey, if you're going to do this, do it uh, all district. Um, one of the things, and, and I'll be very brief. One of the things that struck me about all the, oh, there I am. Is that me? Yeah. There. So one of the things that struck me about this, it, 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 everyone kept talking about racial lines and talking about we don't have enough minorities in Lawrence, and that's really not the point of district elections. The dis district elections are to have representation for people that don't normally have, and. You know, if I had to put it in a nutshell, it's about it's about poor people not having representation as opposed to people that have wealth and do have representation. So I think it's a moot point and, and quite it's it's kind of disingenuous to talk about minorities in this and that. We're talking about poor people not having rep representation on the east side as opposed to the west side. And then there was another comment about, um, you know, how do we draw, draw districts? And then the person, I don't know who it was, said, oh, we have West Lawrence, we have uh, Old West Lawrence, we have Brook Creek and this and that. And well, you already have that sort of thing. And I think that's kind of the horse before the cart because district elections are a good idea and we can figure out district elections later, but um, district elections are something that represents people who don't have a voice and it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It matters about your economic status and people with low economic status in Lawrence don't have representation. And, you know, uh, there was another comment about. Um, uh, yeah, three minutes is about up, Chris. OK, then I want to say thank you very much. That's what I want to say. You guys are all very nice people and I appreciate you. And I will get you the empirical evidence, the research evidence about district elections burst at large. I will get you that evidence. It won't be from Google. It won't be from YouTube. It will be from Yale. It will be from all sorts of universities. I will no, get you that evidence and I'll bye-bye. Okay. Sorry. No. Sorry. No. Okay. Can we have a motion to adjourn, please? Ursula Minor, I move to adjourn. I second. Rachel Reed. Um, it's been moved by Ursula to Minor to uh, adjourn, seconded by uh, Rachel Reed. Uh, why don't we just have a show of hands at this point? And okay, we will reconvene next time and continue our discussion of uh, district at large representation. Bobby, thank you very much for helping out tonight. And uh, Rachel, thank you very much for preparing the survey for us. Very nice. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank okay. you, Rachel. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye. you all have a good evening.